Welcome to Masters of Self University Podcast, your highest source of sacred truths and universal wisdom. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Rachel Fiore, mystic, spiritual teacher, psychic healer, and founder of Masters of Self University. Join our journey of soul transformation as we deep dive into this latest episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Masters of Self University podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Lee. And I'm your host, Danny Moley. And I live with you, <laughs> for those of you guys who don't know at home. And I think it's safe to say that you and I have been going through a really, really difficult time. I don't know if anyone at home can relate, but I've seen you really go through a lot of different experiences. And it's interesting because I feel like in a lot of ways, we always go through similar themes at the same time. And I have seen a lot come up for you recently with the adoption of a, a new dog in our household. So I don't know if you want to dive into that. Talk about that. Yeah, we've been going into a lot of anger. It's been 2023 has been a year for us both to finally look at what's underneath a lot of this and a lot of the healing that we've been going through, what different layers are in there and the layer that we're both kind of really looking at right now that the universe is guiding us to is anger. And we've adopted this new dog. He came into our lives. It's an amazing like happenstance on how it all unfolded that maybe we'll share in another podcast, but we're here and we have this dog, which we're adopting and we're doing it. And I'm really taking the lead on it. And he needs a lot of work. He needs a lot of training. He's seven, but he acts like a puppy. He bites everything. He pees inside. He pees outside. He He's always trying to play and bite, like playfully bite you and people. And, and he's huge, by the way, guys. Yeah. Like He's not a small dog by An any 80-pound dog. Yeah. And trying to always bite our other dog in a playful way. She doesn't always take it that way. Mm. And the lack of ability to control him just brings up all of my control programs. And when they come up, what it triggers in me is anger. And it's all this frustration and anger that, you know, I can't control him and he's not doing what I want him to do. He's not behaving. And this is an emotion that I've struggled to feel my entire life. So it's really strange feeling it now and having to work through it. The only times I would ever feel it growing up really were through relationships, through partnerships. And it would only get triggered when I was blacked out drunk and it will, I would project it out to my partner. And thank goodness I don't do that anymore. Um, because I never want to cause harm. I never want to project anger onto anyone. And it really comes out now in this space of a dog. And it's sad because it, I don't want to, behave that way but it does get triggered and this is how it comes out and in the past it was i would drink 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 and then it would reach a point where something would snap in me and i wouldn't i wouldn't by this point i'm i'm not me anymore and as you will have seen with people when they drink a lot their really deep stuff comes out of them their shadow their darkness their pain it comes out 
we lose all of that ability to filter who we are. We lose all of that ability to hold back these parts of ourselves and it just comes out and it can be very harmful. And, uh, yeah, so it's been really interesting to finally find this part of me, but completely sober. And, uh, it's been really challenging to feel because I'm really not comfortable with feeling the emotion of anger. And now when it comes out, I've spent so long suppressing this part of me. And now when it comes out, I don't know how to be with it. Like it comes out in a very unhealthy way. You know, I'm, I'm getting annoyed and frustrated with him and I know it's not his fault. You know, he's just learning how to be. He spent all his life probably chained up. He spent the last 400 days in a in a dog shelter. And he's just got all this pent-up energy and doesn't know how to go for a walk or be in a car. He just he gets really freaked out. You know, what's interesting, though, is, and I'll go into this because I'm actually very comfortable in anger. It's actually the one thing that I have been my whole life is very angry. Uh, but when you get angry, I can tell that you're not fully even allowing yourself to be angry. You're still pushing it down. So it comes out in frustration. Mm -hmm. But like when I witness anger, when I feel anger, it's like hothead. It's yeah. like, you know, like I'm going to kill you. And it and I'm still seeing that <sighs> you still don't allow the the full extent of it to be felt. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I was a kid, I can definitely remember back to being told like you know good boys don't get angry you know i can just hear the voice of people guides caregivers parents <gasps> don't be angry in that exact tone <gasps> don't be angry be a good boy and it was i wasn't allowed to be angry when i was a kid and i can see back now those people couldn't handle a child who was angry because it would trigger the anger in them. And they didn't want to be that way, which is how I'm showing up with, you know, this beautiful, amazing dog right now is he's triggering the anger in me and I don't want to feel that. So I, it's easy for me to blame him. Oh, it's his fault because he's not behaving. That's why I feel anger. And this is what's been passed on generation generationally through a lot of families, but especially mine of like people not being able to, handle the emotion of anger so it's suppressed down and you're getting the next person in the generational line to suppress that so that no one has to feel it because no one knows how to deal with it no one knows how to love anger when it shows up and this is what i'm having to learn right now is when i show up in anger when my inner child's angry deep inside can i still love him and clearly as you've reflected back to me now I'm still not at a place where I can fully go into the anger and feel it in its in its full depths. Yeah. Yeah. And for people at home, you know, this is actually an un unusual case. Uh, it's usually gender wise flipped. So men have no problem being angry and women have a big problem being angry. And actually me and Danny are opposites in that way. He has problems of really expressing anger and I have no problems of expressing anger. So it's, it's interesting in that sense, but for those people at home, the more common thing that you see is that a man's angry and a woman's not. Yeah. Because traditionally in society, you know, it be a good little girl. Yeah. Women don't, women don't behave like that. They're subservient to the men as mm -hmm. we've grown up in this, you know, masculine dominated society. And so it's okay 
traditionally for men to be angry and to be in all be in all their anger and for women to keep it short and stay small yeah and so it is it is bizarre that we're flipped yeah um but it's it's great because it reflects back to each other you know where we still need to find peace and compassion for ourselves and where we're still kind of for me i need to express myself more but in a healthy way and yeah for you yeah and for me i need to really stop reacting in anger every time i get triggered in certain ways and so you know i would actually be the perfect um case for someone that suppresses their anger because i'm a woman of, woman of color and in korean culture like women don't mean anything truly they're in the back of the line and we're definitely not allowed to express anger or emotions in any way and then also on top of that even in american culture like women are not allowed mm -hmm. to express that right but i actually grew up with a mother who had no problem um being angry and showing anger not only like in in the family but also outside of the home and so i've always been shown that i thought that being angry was power and in some ways it was her ability to stand up for herself it was her ability to say things that when you know certain men made her feel uncomfortable in public and so i internalized that and thought like oh well that's a powerful thing to do when in reality there's power and then there's anger mm -hmm. and so for me i've because i've experienced so much anger on a personal level and because i've witnessed a caregiver being in that emotion all the time that's my go-to constantly and like in my birth chart i'm mostly fire and so when I feel like I'm being talked down to, when I feel like I'm being belittled, when I feel like I'm being treated less than, I go from zero to a hundred really quickly. And so yesterday was a beautiful example of that. I was having a conversation, a professional conversation with someone that I was really excited to speak to. And the moment I started speaking to this person, I could feel their energy. And the entire 20 minute conversation was just filled with dismissiveness. And I felt belittled. I felt attacked. I felt like I was less than them. And the whole time I could just feel, I felt anger immediately erupt. And then anger for me is tied to defensiveness. Mm -hmm. So I felt the program defensiveness, like which is a behavioral program, right? We defend ourselves when we feel unsafe, when we feel attacked. And so I felt those two erupt like really quickly. And I knew in that moment, like, this is exactly what I'm working on. And I cannot show up in this professional manner. Like I call it coming out of my face. And another thing, like I was a New Yorker for more than 10 years. And so like, that's like a thing that we're known for is like, we're angry because we live in such a small yeah. tight city and we're all on top of each other. So like anger was a thing that I was like feeling all the time in the subway, in the streets, like everything. And I was never afraid to like, let somebody know exactly what I thought or what I felt. And so in this phone call, what, what I realized is this person was projecting all of their stuff on me. Like I literally did nothing. I was so excited to be in this conversation and everything was just a smash. Everything was like a no, everything was like a close the door. Like that's not good. And this is not good. And all these things. And I could feel myself wanting to go tit for tat. You know, I'm always like, oh, you want to give it to me? I'll give it right back to you. And that is not love. And that's how I've caused harm so much to others. That's how I literally spew darkness out in the world is when someone's coming for me, I'm going to let you take a, have a taste of your own medicine. Mm. And so I'm always like battling with people. And I used to, I used to have a really close group of girlfriends, like these Korean girls. And I was the always, the only one in the group that would like get into fights with people when we go out to like dinner, when we, when we travel <laughs> and they would just sit there silently. And I couldn't understand 
why nobody was sticking up for themselves. Right. And for me at the time, I didn't understand that. Like, yes, there was a line. I am really good about speaking up for myself 100%. But then there's a line of when I go into spreading harm. Mm. And so in this conversation, I had to keep dropping into my heart space as she, as this person was like belittling me and making me feel like I was less than, and just being like, Ellie, just love what's coming up. She's here to reflect exactly that there is this wound that is still very much alive and very much active that needs your love and attention. And when I got off that conversation, that phone call, I literally had to sit there for 40 minutes and just dropping into my heart space because I was heated like I was like I'm talking about it right now I'm sweating because I I can feel the heat and this heat has been living within me for so long and it is my go-to emotion it is the way that I've protected myself and now I'm realizing like no Ellie this is how you just allow this program to live because I always act out on it. I always let the other person have it. And like, I have to constantly remind myself, like, this is not how I want to show up in the world. And this is not how I want to show up when I am experiencing something that I experienced yesterday. Yeah. And that emotion of anger, we're not by any means saying that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So an emotion or program like that, it's never wrong. It's not wrong that we feel that. But where we want to get to a level of mastery is not allowing the anger to turn into some projection of harm. So that beautiful example you shared of like getting really defensive. And then from that place, we tend to get into this like attack, like this like attack mode, right? And then we start projecting judgment or whatever it whatever it is, shame back onto someone we want to arrive at a place where it's neither one or the other. We're not suppressing what it is that we're feeling, but we're also not allowing, if we are allowing that feeling to come out, and this is where like, I'm now going from one side to the other, where the I'm now accessing this feeling, but then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm letting it come out too much, uh, not come out too much. I'm letting it turn into a projection of anger. And, that's not love. Yeah. That's not love. And clearly there is a, a level. There was this moment I had this last winter where I was with my dad and we got into a conflict. Um, it definitely escalated to an argue, argument, you could say. And it was the first time ever I really got angry back. Um, and that has never happened before. And it was a huge release and it, I quickly came to my senses when I realized that I was angry um, and we were both angry in that moment and having a heated conversation and we both came back to ourselves, but it was really important for me in my journey at that time to really find my voice in that moment. And this is my big wound, you know, opposite to yours where you slip into the defensive side, which ends up with like some level of attacking. I cower down and I go small. Mm. Uh, and then whenever someone shows up like that, that's when I become inferior. I feel very small, very weak. Um, I come into myself. And in between is this beautiful place where we can feel the anger. We can love the pain that's coming up in us. And then we can still stand in our power and level-headed and not project that onto someone else. And that's that's the level of mastery we're, we're both looking for achieving. Uh, and that doesn't mean never using anger when it's appropriate. You see, there will be times in life where th things happen and that, that energy of anger of needing to harness all that energy to protect someone you love is very important. 
and to stand up for something and to get angry and get annoyed when when there is injustices in the world but we have to make sure that the reaction is appropriate to the response that we're doing yeah so, what's the energy that you're coming from and if it's like if you're being attacked on the side of the street right i want to be angry right yeah if i go small in that moment that isn't very loving mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm not being loving to myself because obviously I'm, I'm not honoring myself and i'm clearly not being loving to you because mm -hmm. i'm allowing you to be attacked mm -hmm. so an emotion like anger we still still want we we want to feel it but at the appropriate level for whatever the situation is responding. Mm -hmm. So when my dog pulls on the lead, it's not an appropriate reaction to scream in his face and get real angry. Mm -hmm. That's clearly a wound that's being triggered. And that's where the work is to go in. Mm -hmm. And when I go inside it, it's been interesting. Actually, it hasn't taken me to like a single moment now, anger is an interesting one because we have our inner child age and anger usually shows up later down the line uh, because that inner child is starting to find their voice. And when that child finds their voice, then they can start using it to protect themselves. So I, uh, for me, it's been all those years of like just keeping my mouth quiet because I felt so small and so weak and so powerless and now my amazing dog is reflecting back this control, this powerlessness. It's all starting to pour out. Yeah. I mean, super interesting point that you made of how the inner child expresses that later on. And so for me, I only, the, the emotional program of anger only plays out with people that I'm not emotionally connected to. So I have always experienced anger from a caregiver, right? And it, the way this works is the universe constantly shows you in different scenarios and different people this wound, right? And so in my life, I have had people show up um, that have been bosses, uh, my seventh grade English teacher, my tennis coach in high school of like screaming at me and, and showing anger towards me. And Anytime in someone that I'm emotionally connected to, I cower. Mm. I'm inferior. I'm small. I don't stand up for myself. Because you've never been angry with me. Right. Or barely ever. Yeah. But you pointed something out and you're like, but why is it with people you don't know it comes out so easily? And it's because there's no emotional connection. So the way that my anger, that program runs is in those scenarios. Mm. And I, I will while out. And it's, it is not okay. And so I realized when you just said that it was because my inner child was never allowed to be angry, was never allowed to stand up for herself, was never allowed to have a voice that when I got older, because I couldn't do it with these people that were above me that I was connected to, it came out with people that I had no idea who, who they were. Yeah. Right. Cause you couldn't, you couldn't find your voice in that time. Mm -hmm. And then you were just waiting for a moment to. Yeah. To lash out. Release. Yes. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't like who I am. Like I've made people cry. Like I made this girl in college cry so much because of what came out of me. Mm. And at that time I was like, yeah, like I'm powerful. Like I'll stand up for myself. It's like, no, you were mean and you were cruel. And like, that's not how I want to be at all. And so all of these scenarios have been happening for me in the past few weeks, as you know, of like really bringing up that anger, really bringing up that defensiveness. And it is so difficult for me to feel because the actual feeling inside of my body is it's all fear. Actually, 
it's like, I'm just a scared little girl and I don't know what to do. And I don't feel safe because I'm being attacked or I feel unsafe. And then it gets projected out as like this nasty, nasty person. And having this experience yesterday in real time, like constantly coming back to my heart does not mean that I was hundred percent graceful. There were moments, little moments where I let a little slip here and there and then finding grace for myself, like understanding like Ellie, the fact that it wasn't all out and you weren't going crazy on this person shows how far you've come, but it also reflects how much more I need to work on this and like really need to heal this because I want to be in a place where someone's belittling me and I can stand there in all of my love and all of my power and go, oh my God, I see that this would have triggered me and like got me down this road of like really hating this person and letting this person have it to, oh, I can see all of their programs because I realized in that moment, this person I was speaking to, like going through a horrible time clearly and was just projecting it all onto mm -hmm. me. And so getting, so it was beautiful for me to see that. And that's like, this is the work, right? The awareness of self is so key because the more aware you become of yourself, you see what programs other people are playing out. And so it was huge. It was a huge learning experience for me, but also a beautiful reflection of you still got work to do. And then when we're able to see, when we're in the presence of another person, another being of any kind, and we can see that they're running a program, and instead of slipping into that hate or defensiveness or attack mode or whatever it is, we're able to actually, oh, they're in pain. Mm. We can offer compassion. Hard. <laughs> because I saw everything that was going on and I wanted to like, and that's why I kept dropping to my heart. That was my way at this stage of the game to have compassion for her. But, you know, even after the conversation, sorry, go ahead. Were you no, 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 no. Even after the conversation, I found my mind like wanting to like, like revenge, get revenge. And then I had to come back to my heart space constantly and be like, Ellie, like, yeah, we can't offer that compassion until we've given that compassion to ourselves. And this is an example of where everything is a reflection of the self. And this is why it's called Masters of Self University. Because once we truly find the pain that we're in, and we've given enough compassion, and all the other ways of oneness that are needed to heal this, once we've loved our pain enough, we're able to offer that same thing to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So instead of in that moment, we never have to force ourselves to feel anything. We don't have to force, we can't force ourselves to feel compassionate. That's not true compassion. But if in the moment we're getting triggered, oh man, there's a part of me that's getting really defensive right now. Let me just drop into my heart. Let me heal that. And over time, as we heal these wounds, like for me, it's when someone shows up aggressive like that, I get small. I can't offer that person compassion because I'm in a place of, inferiority and smallness and weakness once i'm loving that part of me next time that happens over the course of a period of time of course this is the healing journey it's not a single moment as as time goes on then the same trigger might come and because i've given myself that compassion or whatever love we want to call it we then can see that and offer that to the other person. So yeah. then that person that's now triggering you into defensiveness or whatever, once you've loved your pain enough, you can offer that same thing to the person that's running the program or yeah. in their woundedness. Yeah, I, I went through a really unfortunate experience um, recently and I became really angry and I was really defensive and I had no compassion for the other person. And afterwards, Danny was there and he reflected back to me. He was like, it was shocking 
to see how uncompassionate you were and how, uh, how much you were not willing to just uh, offer love and understanding to another person. And I say that because you're always very compassionate. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, I don't want any listeners to take this the wrong way. Ellie is normally extremely compassionate and it was, it took me back a minute. Cause like, hi, hey, that wasn't the usual you. Mm. And what you said you saw in me was like this energy of what about me and what about my pain? Can you talk a little bit about what you witnessed? Because you were even talking about like, you could feel my pain. Yeah. And I, and also can feel it because I've, I've moved through something so similar with, with my own journey of when I looked at you, it wasn't, I could tell you when in your heart space, I could tell that you were running programs. And when I felt you, all I could feel energetically was, well, what about me? What about my pain? Yeah. And the fact of the matter is in that situation, it, it wasn't about you. Mm -hmm. um, it was about this other, other person, person yeah. that was involved that was actually in pain, that was hurt by what happened. And in that moment, it was, no, this isn't, this isn't about you, but mm -hmm. it was a great reflection to me of like, like, this is why when we're in pain, we can't see, we can't offer that compassion. We can't see past our own programs and wounding because, and this happens with me a lot in terms of, um, what the presence that I can offer you. Cause mm -hmm. this is something that we've worked through a lot of, of me not always showing up present uh, for, for you and our partnership. And I, I, you know, the more and more I go into this, it's, oh, I realize it's because I am so absorbed in my own stuff, in my own wounding and my own programs in that moment, I don't have the capacity to show up for you mm -hmm. uh, in the way that you would want and a way that a divine being would, where they can offer their full presence and openness for their partner. And this is the same situation that in that moment, you weren't able to arrive at a more enlightened divine place, something like compassion, uh, because you had, there was too much pain that you were, yeah. you were working through. Right. Yeah. And it, when you said that to me, I really sat down with it and I went deeper into it and I realized I was never offered compassion as a child and growing up teen adults. Like I was never offered compassion in my times of complete pain. And so because I've never been shown that in this moment, I couldn't show that to another being because it was never shown to me. And so when I really sat down with it, I realized in that whole situation, I was just a little scared girl and I needed someone to comfort me and to tell me that it was okay. And it was reflecting back to me that there was nobody around when I was really going through it to tell me like, it's okay. I'm right here with you. And so that was a, a huge reflection for me and to really nurture that little inner child that needs comfort, you yeah. know? I just was working through a program today, a uh, wound today is something very similar of just not having that, that guide, that support when I was young, when my parents separated, I just didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to about what it was that was happening when I was six. And emotionally, the coach was guiding me through this morning. We were going through what emotions were coming up. And as I was connecting with, with him, I just could feel numbness. Mm. I couldn't feel anything. And I realized 
that was what I had to do to survive is that when I was six, seven years old and this emotionally traumatic event happened, I had to switch into a different gear and I couldn't be present with what I was feeling. I couldn't, I couldn't do any of that because I was six years old. And the one person who I really was relying on at that time to help me through understanding my emotions, they'd left. And like any kid would do, they just switch into a survival mode. And this is what I realized breeds like a lot of my narcissistic tendencies is I had to start making things about me because no one else was. Mm. And unless I make things about me and try and survive, <laughs> I'm going to really struggle through life. And uh, that's where things like this get birthed. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to someone yesterday, a, a client of mine, and she was talking about how she's processing everything that she's experienced with her mother. And she finally saw her mom after a long time and she had all this anger and rage come up. And in real time, she just suppressed it and pushed it down. And it, and she realized like what she was doing, but she was still afraid to let it all out. Right. And so what that reflected to me is like, there's a beautiful time, right? You don't want to purposely go into someone, some a situation, go, let me hurt this person. Let me rage and ball out. But the moment that it's coming up and you push it down in real time, it's exactly what you've done your whole life. And that's that little inner child that wants to have a voice. The pain wants to be heard. And again, you abandon by not letting it come out. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you don't allow the person on the other end to feel what it brings up for, for them when you actually emote, when you actually feel, mm -hmm. you know? So it was a beautiful moment for her to see like, oh my God, like next time it comes up organically, let it be. Yeah. I, um, I, it's not that I've ever been afraid to let anger come out. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how in a healthy way to let it come out. And it's actually, it's been a really important lesson because pretty much most other emotions was okay for me to feel as a child. And I've got a pretty good grasp on my emotional emotions, my emotional body. And that allowed me to be who I am. And the, the whole anger part of me, it wasn't that it was like, I it's been actively suppressed, but it wasn't that I've been, I was working with a coach a month ago and I could, um, psychically she could feel what was going on. And she kept on saying, give that anger a voice. I can feel that he wants to scream. And she could feel what I was doing, which is I was just pushing it back down. And in that moment, I, I didn't know how to find my voice. I didn't know how to find, like, I could feel it. And my natural reaction was to just push it back down. And I was doing it like, I wasn't even aware that I was doing it. I could feel it coming up and it would just get pushed back down. And it was a really good lesson for me because people do this with all types of emotions. And it's just, I do this with anger, but anyone can do this with any, any emotion. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do this, you know, with love and, you know, pushing away certain feelings. They don't want to feel this. They don't want to feel that. Uh, and it allowed me to really be in gratitude for the fact that I can feel all the other array of emotions, both positive and negative. Um, and that's what 
I truly believe allows a full being, a being to experience the fullness of life is once we're able to feel the full spectrum of life, we get to experience the lows, but on the highs. And yes, yeah. anger, shame, guilt, these emotions aren't amazing to feel, but when we do, it allows us to feel everything. And that opens us up to more joy, more love, uh, more happiness, just more and the amazing magnificence of life because we're opening ourselves to all of it instead of just parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. And something Rachel has really taught us is and shown me and even through all the other, you know, coaches at MSU and the students is really how uh, men, this is really the emotion, the, the only emotion that they can really feel. And so that's why there's so much domestic violence. You know, men don't know how to feel anything, but they're allowed to feel rage. They're allowed to feel anger, which then manifests into physical abuse, into shootings, into rape and all of these things. Yeah. And I've seen that firsthand. I've seen the anger come out of men and then to have the opposite effect in women of like, oh, I have to be the good girl. I have to be quiet. I have to be silent. It's like an epidemic. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all over, especially, I mean, Western society is the, you know, where we grew up, so we can talk on that, but it's all over the world. Yeah. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is how we live. This yeah. is this is the world we've been brought up in. Yeah. That's why this work is, is crucial. You know, any type of work that you do on yourself to go inward, to understand, you know, why you are the way that you are will help. Like, people think that, the world needs to change. And what we don't understand is like, no, individually, we all need to change. Like, that's how we change the world. And the more men like you, and obviously, like you have the opposite problem of yeah. like a typical man, but the more men get to feel what's under the, the anger, that's, it's going to have a ripple effect in the world. And then men will completely change. But they have to be allowed to feel. Yeah, the rest of it. Yeah. And the anger. And that, that leads to a good point that we should cover is um, how we can release anger. And it's not the same as going in and actually healing the root cause. So it it when I'm when I'm walking my dog, he's down here. That's why I keep looking down there if anyone's watching. When I'm walking my dog, me getting angry at my dog isn't a lot, isn't healing where the anger is coming from. So just releasing the anger. Some people like to do dance and release anger that way. Some people like to go to the gym and release anger that way. Some people like to play musical instruments or whatever it is, or do martial arts and they're releasing, releasing, releasing. But if we're not going in and finding actually what's the root cause of the anger, then we're just releasing it and it's going to come back and come back and come back. If we're just chopping the top off the weed yeah. and we're not going in and like cleaning out the root and yeah. why it's there, it's going to keep growing back. Yeah. So all of the releasing, 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 while it might feel good temporarily, it's only a, like a temporary fix. It's not a long-term solution. The long-term solution happens when we become more loving, mm -hmm. when we can go into our heart and find, okay, I feel this frustration for me. It's there's a lot of frustration about not knowing how to handle my emotions or how to handle life, especially like the big, like frustrating anger, rage emotions. Whenever I start to feel that the 
emotion itself triggers me because I don't know how to feel it. And that makes me feel more of it, which leads on this spiral. Um, and then obviously, as I mentioned earlier, like big control programs that, mm. that I run around or, well, whenever they run, whenever something is out of my control, it triggers that frustration and then frustration leads to anger. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. how it, that's how it's manifested in me anyway. Yeah. And, and for me, man, I just get so defensive. Like I just get so defensive and I, uh, you can just see the veins popping out of like my neck and I, all I see is red and I'm like, who's in my pathway and who, who can I destroy? And it's like, it's, it's, it's really something that I need to constantly check myself on and constantly go into and work on. Cause I know that when I get through this one, man, like it's going to be a whole new Ellie, a whole new Ellie. And this is a spectrum of life, you know, when we suppress it or we keep ourselves hidden from it, this is part of life. So this is part of you. This is part of me. It's part of all of us. And it's healthy to feel anger. It's just not healthy to project it onto another person. Yeah. It's not healthy to go and punch a wall, which is something that I did in my teens when I would get drunk. Mm -hmm. I would get angry and punch a wall because mm -hmm. I think I watched that on TV and that's what you're supposed to do. And uh, I know for me, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so much power. Um, there's a, a large part of me that's I really need to find because it's he's in there and he's screaming for help. And uh, there's a lot of power. And we do jump to anger. Anger is an emotion we jump to when we want to feel more powerful. Mm -hmm. So when I don't want to feel out of control and powerless, we jump to anger because it feels power, mm -hmm. more powerful. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard this on podcasts before, or if not your first time, but it's a higher vibration. So if you research the map of consciousness, type it into Google, um, and the work by David Hawkins, it, people jump up to anger because it just, it feels more powerful in the body but it's not actually true power. True mm -hmm. power comes from love, yeah. from unconditional love. Right. Right. And when we can reach that place, that's when we're, that's when we're in our power and not, not something like anger. Yeah. And I realized all these people that have projected their anger <clears throat> onto me, like, I'm not even kidding you. When I tell you, I've had people in my life that will literally make me ball because of how much they were projecting onto me. And I used to think like, because they were scary, I thought that was power. Mm -hmm. And in reality, when I reflect, they're actually the weakest people ever, because what you're doing is you're causing harm to another being because you're not allowing yourself to feel what's in there. So you use anger as a way to hurt other people because you're hurting inside. And look at where my anger comes out on a innocent dog, yeah. right? Ugh. So I feel so small and weak inside That's right. that the only time that I can show my anger is on a dog yep. that pulls too hard on the leash yep. or wants to chew and eat everything or likes to pee in places that I don't want him to pee. Yeah. Um, you know, the only time that this can really come out of me is him. Yeah. And that's not powerful. Right. That's weakness. That's how small I feel inside. Yeah. Uh, and that's how much healing there is to do. And then obviously the other places when I get really, when in the past, when I get really drunk, I don't really drink anymore, but yeah, that was the only time that was, that was how small I would feel. 
Yeah. Is that the only time I can be angry is towards a dog, an innocent dog. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Sad times. Yeah. But and, we are growing. <laughs> yeah. And, and underneath most anger is always like a deep level of sadness yeah. uh, that we're really afraid to feel. And for whatever that sadness is, is going to be different for different people. You know, these wounds and programs get created in different ways in all of us. And I know for me, this period that I'm in is allowing me to feel this frustration, this anger. And that means after this, there's going to be probably a big period where I'm just going to be in the pain of the sadness and the grief and the loss, the loss of the old version of me and, um, feeling all that inferiority that's mm. so deep rooted in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess when I get angry, it's the program superiority that's playing out. Fascinating. Uh, for anybody at home who's listening and you've got this program, what we challenge you to do is go deeper into it. You know, how old are you when you are angry? What is the pain that's underneath all the anger? That is what is asking for you to be in stillness with, to open your heart to. And there's a little inner child in there that really is asking for you to sit down and be with them and listen to them and hear them out and teach them how to really process all of this pain that's underneath all of the anger. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're just getting angry to protect yourself from a black bear, good for you. We're not, yep. we're not, we're not here to, you know, try and heal that. That's, yeah. that's really important. Or abuse but, of anybody yeah, and you're getting angry. Exactly. Like, you know, they're just, just, feel into the energy of this emotion yeah. okay that's that's what we challenge you to do and we always the work you know we always come to is you know what programs are you running yep and uh if you can answer that honestly and be like no actually i was just this was important that i got angry like like with 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 my dad that i mentioned earlier like yeah. it was important in that moment that i actually got angry because mm -hmm. that was part of my journey but no harm was caused. No, right. no projection. Yeah. Well, not too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to work with any of the amazing mystical life coaches at master of self university, visit, visit us at masters of self university.com, uh, to learn more about the 20 universal ways of oneness. You can get Rachel Fiore's book, Mason's way, the 20 universal ways of oneness on Amazon now. And we just want to say thank you guys so much for being on this journey with us like, subscribe, share, comment, whatever you got to do. And until next time, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.